Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. I'm Jim Richards talking to you from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I am so glad you're here with us today. You know, we are still in this series called Taking the Limits Off God. Man, I'm, I'm telling you what, there is so much around this that we could go into. It would, we could spend months just on this incredible series. But stop and think about it. Now, let's just consider this. What if... Everything really is possible. Now, God says it is. If you believe, everything's really possible. Uh, and, and then it's even stated in, in another way where it says nothing is impossible to them that believe. So it's like nothing is impossible and all things are possible. Now, when you, when you hear scriptures like that, when you hear Jesus talk about scriptures like that, man, there's, there's got to be some part of us that, that hopes and, and, and rises to inspiration to the possibility of that being real in our lives. But then there's got to be something else in most of us that almost wants to tap down all that hope and squeeze in uh, all that inspiration because you're like, man, I, I, I'm afraid to try to believe like that because I'm just going to get disappointed. And you know what? We don't want disappointments in our faith. So many times we kind of selectively decide what we're going to believe or not going to believe uh, as a way to keep from getting disappointed. But stop and think about it. If everything is possible, but even more than that, not just possible, but if in fact God has already done everything that pertains to life and godliness, if God has already given us all things through the Lord Jesus Christ, if God has already met every need, fulfilled all of our desires, uh, made provision for everything through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then that means that anything that's not happening in my life is not, it's not a matter of God not doing it, and it's not a matter of me needing to get God to do it. It is based on... This, this limitation in my life is based on the fact that I, in some way, probably unknowingly, am limiting what I would allow God to do in, our life, in my life. And so, with the children of Israel, now stop and think about this. This was before Jesus. Now, we've got a better covenant. We've got the, we've got the Holy Spirit who lives in us. If we're born again, Holy Spirit lives in us. He empowers, He strengthens us. He makes us able to do what God says we can do and be what God says we can be and have what God says we can have. And so it's really not based on us or our power, or our strength or our mind. <clears throat> so, you know, we have all of these advantages that the children of Israel did not have when they were making their journey from Egypt to the promised land. Now remember, Egypt to the promised land is a type. It is, it is a shadow. It, it is a model showing us our journey 
from coming out of the world to getting saved, to getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, to uh, facing and conquering the works of the flesh, crossing the Jordan River into the kingdom of God, not after you die, but here on this earth, and in that realm, being able to experience the resources of heaven, which, which is heaven on earth or the kingdom of heaven. And so <clears throat> the place to look, if you want to understand how to make it from the world to heaven on earth, uh, obviously you got to be established in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the subsequent covenant that God made through that death, burial, and resurrection. But in understanding the practicalities, understanding many of the subtle things, the day-to-day -day things, we look back at this type and say, okay, now Jesus is the one that makes all this possible for me on this incredibly supernatural level. Jesus is the one that provides this new covenant. Jesus is the one that gives me the grace, the strength, the power, the help, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, all of these kinds of things. <clears throat> but I, just like the children of Israel, have the capacity to limit God in my life. And so God explained to the children of Israel, the problem here is that you limit me. And, and you know, I think we've already mentioned this uh, a few times, but God so simply and so clearly and so plainly really provides just the two or three uh, basic factors involved in how they limited God. You know, it says that first of all, they did not get their heart fixed. And we've already talked about that. Man, if you haven't listened to the previous messages in this series, go all the way back to the, the first week in January or, or to the first message in this series, take limits off God and, and listen to it because, because it starts there. You, you, want to get the, you want to get this whole foundation. So you, you got to get your heart fixed. And we explain what that means when your heart gets fixed. And then you want to establish your heart in the covenant. And after you establish your heart in the covenant, then there's one of the things you don't do, and that is you don't judge God. You don't test God the way the children of Israel did. And actually, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll wrap this up next week talking about that. And, uh, and if these factors are observed, you get your heart fixed, you, you, uh, your heart becomes steadfast and movable, in the covenant, and you refuse to test God, then you actually remove any limitation that your heart would put on God. Now, I can't emphasize this enough, and this, this is one of the common factors that has been missing in all of Christianity, and that is the understanding of the heart, because everything that God wants to do in your heart or in your life comes through your heart. You have to believe it in your heart, and to the degree that you believe it, you take the limits off God in your life. To the degree that you don't believe it, you actually place limits on God. And so what starts happening is what you're seeing in your life uh, is the degree to which you are allowing God to be and do what, who He says He is and, and, and what, he'll, what He says He'll do. Now, <clears throat> I am so grateful you know, to the charismatic movement even the Pentecostal movement, you know, I, I, don't, I don't embrace many of the same doctrines they embrace, but I embrace a lot of them. But, you know, you know the Pentecostals, uh, the Charismatics, uh, the Word of Faith, 
uh, and, and all of the other quote, quote, what they call spirit filled movements. You know, God, I'm, I'm thankful for what we have learned through all those movements. But that does not mean that I have ever accepted all of anything that any movement has ever brought. I, I, I get what I can from it and enjoy what I can from it, but I'm not delusional or idealistic or defensive for that which doesn't work. You know, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Many, many of you know that, uh, that uh, I have a degree in alternative medicine. And, uh, you know, just this morning I was going through listening to the studies that have been done over the last 50 or 60 years about uh, why people gain weight, how people become diabetics, and, uh, and, and, and the things that contribute to, you know, heart disease and strokes and, and all this kind of stuff. And what's amazing is... Uh, all of the actual research stands in stark contradiction to what the medical community has been saying and is saying. Now, I'm not saying doctors are bad. That's, that's not my point. You know, pe people, it doesn't matter if they're preachers or doctors or what, people believe what, what they are taught. But it's amazing to me that, that the medical elites will blame the people. They'll just say, well, you're just not trying hard enough. You're just not really working the plan good enough. When in fact, all of the evidence says that their philosophies about why diabetes, or, or, or why diabetes happens, why people are obese, why we have heart disease, all of their theories are completely wrong, completely proven wrong, but never going to accept it. Well, you know what? That's, 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 not, a, that's not a science. That's a religion. And so that's the way, but that's the way a lot, of, a lot of Christians are. Christians will buy into some movement, some doctrine, some group, some person that, that they idolize and, uh, and try as hard as they can at these things that they're taught and they're sincere about it. And it doesn't come to pass. And, at the, and in the end, they're going to blame themselves or they're going to blame God, uh, but they're going to, Keep trying these things that don't work. Well, you know something? We don't want to be like that. We want to learn what we can learn from everybody that we can. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, the president of the Bible college I went to when I was doing my undergraduate work, he used to say, look, we got we, we to gotta eat the grass and spit out the thorns. And, and you know what? I, I agree with that just 100%. Now, the Word of Faith movement taught us about faith. Man, I am so thankful for that. I learned so much from so many of those guys that, that I just, I'm just, I can't speak, you know, enough gratitude. But I do realize that within all those benefits that I got from that, there were some things that I had to sort out because faith became, I'm not, I don't know if anybody intended to make it become this. I don't know. I don't know all the factors. I don't know other people's intentions, but I know this. In general, the believer that was sitting out here in the pew um, came to believe that they had to create this, this uh, a massive amount of faith as a way to get God to do things for them. 
And so, so I've got to get enough faith to convince God to do something that evidently he doesn't want to do because if he wanted to, do, you know, we believe God, we believe God can do anything he wants to. And then we're told that, no, you got to have enough faith to get God to do what he wants to do. Uh, you know, I, and it's all, it all gets a little bit convoluted. But the real truth is God can't do anything that he wants to do in planet Earth. God can only do what we believe uh, him to do when we believe the promises because he gave us authority in planet Earth. Now, so faith... And removing these limits in our life is not about believing hard enough to get God to take action as much as it's just believing the truth about who God is and what God has already done. You know, the word things in the, in the book of Hebrews, when it talks about faith being the substance of things that are hoped for, this word things there refers to things that have already been accomplished. We are looking in the future Hope looks to the future. We are looking in the future with hope based on something that has already been accomplished, not based on my ability to persuade God to do something. Now, one of the things that I've discovered about God, you know, God is proactive, preemptive. And the idea that, uh, that we're waiting on God, that we've worked everything out is just absolute, absolutely ridiculous. Well, some years ago, I, I taught a series that I called... Uh, 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 miraculous Probabilities. And that's what I'm calling this message. And by, by the way, you, you can find that series uh, in our, in our uh, store at drjimrichards.com or impactministries.com, whichever way you choose to get there. But I talk about miraculous probabilities because this is all based on past tense things that God has accomplished. Now, you know, when we talk about possibilities... Possibilities are more remote than probabilities. Possibilities are things that kind of exist uh, in some distant, uh, uh, remote, hopeful, uh, not absolute realm. Probabilities, you know, you know possibilities are, well, yeah, it could happen. But of all, could. But probabilities, you're saying, well, this probably will happen. Now, I know these are simplistic ways. These are not the actual definitions, but I'm just kind of talking about how we look at that in our mind. So what moves something from simply being possible to being probable is the fact that God proactively initiated the end from the beginning. You know, when, when you want to get saved, when a person wants to get saved, Jesus does not come and die again. Now, some people have extrapolated that to say, well, then that means that everybody is already saved. No, everybody's not already saved, but everybody's salvation is already paid for, which, which really means it's even more wicked when, when you reject a salvation that's already been paid for, that's even more coarse and wicked than, than it would be if you were trying to talk God into saving you and he wouldn't save you. There's never a person that comes to God, no matter what their background is, that their salvation has not been paid for. And, and I'm telling you, Jesus paid the price of Jesus suffered. Everything that we should have suffered, he already did that. He's not coming back again. He's not dying again for him. That's why. But that's why, why, why we call it a finished work. 
His part of it is finished. Now, our part is that we believe that, we receive that, and the word receive means to take hold and bring it to ourselves. That's talking about what you do in your heart with faith. So faith is not trying to get God to save you. Faith is believing that God's already paid for your salvation, and because you believe it, you're going to take hold of it, and you're going to bring it to yourself in your own heart. Well, now, everything that God really does, now, now some, I'm not I'm not leaving God out. Now, some people say, well, you're just leaving God out then if everything's kind of automatic. Well, we're not talking automatic. Those are your words. Or those are not mine. You know, a lot of people say, well, if this is the case, why don't we need God? Well, you know, when somebody asks that question, I just want to say, so obviously you don't have a relationship with God. Because if you had a relationship with God where you're hearing Him giving you wisdom and leadership and direction. He's comforting you in your times of sorrow. He is encouraging you when you get discouraged. He's sharing with you about your future. You're sharing with him about your dreams. And you have this interactive relationship. And, and that relationship is not, is not a codependent relationship where you're just involved with God to try to get something. It's where you're involved with God because of who He is and what He's already done for you. Your trust is based on what He's done for you, not what He might do for you. So, so we need God in every way. Uh, but as far as the things that we're going to get from God, salvation, healing, blessing, prosperity, all those things, all of those things have been paid for. So when they were paid for, in my mind, they moved from the realm of possibility to the realm of probability. Now listen, let me just take just a couple of minutes and mention this. This series, Taking the Limits Off God, is a, is, I, I retaught this series. Uh, you know, I first wrote this book back in the 80s. Incredible book. And by the way, this book is a great book to give to your friends to introduce them to just how good God is because it's short. It's incredibly positive. But uh, every person that purchases this six message series uh, will get a free download copy of the book, Taking the Limits Off God. So, so you've got the book. Uh, as a free resource, you've got the series, which you're purchasing, which is an investment in yourself and money we will put into reaching the world with uh, not just the good news about God, but reaching the world and developing people into disciples. But then you have all of these messages uh, that, are, that are free. I'm, I'm telling you what, we, people tell me all the time, I say, Jim, you give away too much free content. Well, of course, then there's the cheap people on the other side say, well, why do you charge for anything? Well, <clears throat> because you got to pay the bills and because disciples invest in themselves and also because we want resources to invest in other people that, that we're trying to help. So, you know, I want to encourage you, if you're really wanting to go the distance in this thing, you want to take the limits off God, you want to move in this place where your heart is fixed and steadfast and, and you're sure in the covenant, well, be, you know, then you want to absolutely uh, look at this. And speaking of the covenant, and man, this is a totally different thing, but I just want to mention to you that we have, I have a personal mentoring program that we call Ultimate Impact. And uh, the next life transformation workshop in Ultimate Impact is going to be in the mysteries of the covenant. It's going to be all about establishing your heart in this new covenant. And uh, we'll be 
sending out information about that. If you want to, if you want to get information about my personal mentoring program, this is a live mentoring program that we do together in a live situation on Facebook, and we have our own private group. Uh, then be sure and go to drjimrichard.com and get on our mailing list. Sign up for our uh, for our. Uh, uh, for our mail outs and I'll let you know when we get ready to open it up. It's, it's really going to be one of the most incredible workshops that, that we have ever had. It's going to be several weeks. It's not just like a one day thing, but, but you'll get more information about it. But anyhow, so let's, let's, let's go back to this. Now, when God created the earth, I, I, I've touched on this some, but I won't, I won't touch on this some more. When God created the earth, we, we look at creation as, as one event. God went, and then suddenly there was the heaven and the earth. Well, in reality, creation had to be a two-phase proposition. And there is some possibility that even in the beginning, when it talked about the concept of, of the heaven and the earth, that it is talking about these, these two phases because the heavens are, are the realm uh, that you, we would really call the universe, because the heavens are that are, are that unending. That's that unending realm uh, that had to exist, so that there would be a place for matter. For the so there would be a place for time, space, and matter. And so, so the first part of creation was an aspect of creation that only God Himself could do, and it was an aspect of creation where He is making something from nothing. He had to create the universe, or what I call the field. And in creating the field, uh, he, had to, he had to infuse this field with many things. You know, one of the things the field was infused with was wisdom. You know, uh, a lot of people that don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in God as the creator, they believe in what they call the, the universal intelligence. Well, the universal intelligence is the wisdom of God. The, the wisdom says in the Bible, I was there at the beginning. I, you know, I, I was there when we set the boundaries on the oceans. I was there, da, 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 da. And so God infused uh, the universe with wisdom. Actually, the Greek word for that is logos. And that is, that, is a, that is a word that refers to, to Jesus who represents the way, the logic, the truth, and represents all that God is. And so infused into this universe, into the field, um, everything was infused into the universe based on a logic of God. Uh, in other words, it, everything was put here to fulfill God's purposes for man. Every planet in the universe, every, every star, every, every galaxy uh, uh, that exists, exists because of its role that it plays in creating an incredibly unique environment here on planet Earth. Now, once God created the field or the universe... He, and infuse it, you know, this had to, have, had to have polarity. It had to have subatomic energies. It had, and all of these things had to work around uh, mathematical equations. You know, who, who, who would have thunk it? You know, God is a mathematician. He is the master mathematician. In order for him to, in order for God to create all that exists, he had to know and actually create 
all of the mathematical physics, all of the laws of physics that work, they work because God created those calculations in his own heart and mind and infused them into our universe. So in the second phase of creation, God, God then doesn't make something from nothing. The book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, tells us that by faith we understand that the things which are visible were made by those things which were invisible. It does not say the things that are visible were made from nothing. You see, that first phase of creation, God created the heavens. He created the universe. He created all of these things. That is the first phase of creation. And once that phase of creation uh, was, was completed, then in that realm, he started uh, organizing the subatomic energies to come together and form matter. And so, and so all of the things that you see are created from things or that which you cannot see. And so the faith of God that we are taught that we should copy is exactly what Jesus was teaching in Mark 11 when he used the example of speaking to that uh, to the fig tree and, and, and it died. And then he and, and the, you know, the disciples were amazed and it's like, oh man, alive, look at this. And he's like, well, look, I think it's verse 22. He says, look, have the faith of God. You know, most translations say have faith in God. Many scholars say, though, that that is faith of God, not faith in just in God. And it's talking about operating faith the way God did. And, you know, one of the reasons I lean toward and accept the fact that this is talking about the faith of God is because what Jesus taught next perfectly describes how God created all things that exist here in the universe. But, uh, you know, I, and I've already touched on this some, and, and I'll touch on this a lot. I'll be, you'll be hearing me talk about this in, in other times. So I'm not going into all of the details here that I'd like to go into. But, but suffice it to say this. God did the impossible when he created something from nothing, which is the heavens or the universe. Once the universe was created, everything that came into existence was probable. Why was it probable? Because everything that it took to do that existed. And when God used faith, which is how he created, the Bible tells us this, he, he conceived this in his own heart. And he conceived it and spoke it into existence with the intention that that which was in his heart would manifest in the, in the material world. Now, how did he organize that? Well, Hebrews helps us there. Hebrews 11.1 1, says that now faith is the substance. That word substance, it's really such a rich word. I mean, it has all kinds of meanings. It means, you know, the proof of ownership or the being sure of something. It can be the foundation. Uh, it can be the substructure. See, faith creates a foundation or a substructure around which the subatomic energies of the world, of the heavens come together to form whatever it is in the material world that, that, that the heart is creating. Well, here's what I want you to understand is that everything, everything you need in life through first through natural creation, God creating the world, but then through what God did 
through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The real truth is, everything that pertains into life and godliness is already yours, already been freely given. And the probability for the healing you need already exists. The probability for, for the life that you want already exists. The probability for every prayer that you're going to ever pray, every request that you're going to ever have, every miracle you're ever going to need already exists. And it's not a matter of trying to get God to do it. It's a matter of removing the limits of, of doubt and unbelief from my heart and just starting to do what God did, conceive it in my heart. I'll tell you what, we're going to be talking more about this next week. Let me tell you something. If this is helping you and you're watching this on YouTube, be sure and like it. Be sure and share it. Be sure and make comments. And I'll tell you what, there are people all over the world that can benefit from this message. You can be a, an online evangelist by sending these great messages out to people all over the world to help them make this journey. Help them come to trust God. Help them take the limits off God in their life and experience the most incredible things they experience. And listen, I want to hear your testimonies. I want to hear what these messages are doing for them. That will inspire thousands of other people to join this journey with us. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.